sports fans. This time for another great edition of Strong Style, Impact Media's weekly dive off the top rope into the world of mixed martial arts and professional wrestling. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. Welcome in. Welcome in. It has been an eventful week, but I had to come on here and talk combat sports with you guys. Because there's so much to talk about. Before we do, let me tell you all the amazing ways that you can be a part of the show. You can email the show, 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the number 3, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com. You can look for us on Facebook, whether you look up. You can look us up by Strong Style, by Jeremy York, by Impact Media, any of those, you should be able to find us. You can also, if you are a person who just likes to click a link and listen to a show, you can go to our Twitter account, at Team Impact Media, find the appropriate show, click on it, and uh, listen anytime if you want, there is no cap. If for some reason there is a cap or you can't do that, please let us know. I'll just send you a link. Uh, you can also follow myself for show-related postings and things, and also other things. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, we had uh, some, some, some times, that, uh, things we did at Putt Shack. That would like be games. Got another one coming up this weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, next week might be some shenanigans at Top Golf. You know, we always try to change it up and do some fun things each and every weekend. We love running to you guys at these places. But uh, if you follow at the Impact Ninety Nine on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram, you will find all the fun postings there. Heck, we're going to have uh, maybe a new studio set up here um, in the next couple weeks. So if we do that, maybe I'll stick that on there as well. That should be fun. Um, maybe. We're, in, we're working on that. Uh, also, anywhere you find a podcast, whether that be Podcast One, Spotify, or the iTunes Store, or anywhere you find a podcast. If there is a place you find a podcast that you cannot find this podcast, please let me know. We uh, just corrected a link the other day. And uh, sometimes you got to update the links on them and things like that. But uh, just let us know. We will find. We will definitely find a way to get this show to you if you want it to you. Now, there's a ton of wrestling to talk about. But as always, we are going to start in the world of mixed martial arts, and I am going to start with Bellator 291. UFC fans, if you don't want to listen to Bellator. Apologize, but I have to start because I like to start with the biggest story when I can. And the biggest story is the main event from Bellator 291. Um, I would venture to guess that these are two of the best fighters, not only in Bellator, possibly in the world. And I know that's saying a lot. There's a lot of really good fighters in the world. All right, let's, let's just put it that way. But the welterweight world title was on the line. As the returning Yaroslav Amosov took on Logan Storley. He had 20, was it, uh, 
fourteen and one Logan Storley against twenty six and zero uh, Amosov. Here's the crazy thing: Logan Storley was actually the interim title holder. Why was he the interim? It's because Yaroslav Amosov was on the first line. He was on the front lines for his home country of the Ukraine, fighting off uh, the Russian invaders from the time that started him and his brother, I believe. And uh, this is no knock on any of our uh, Russian listeners or fans or anything like that, but um, just incredible that uh, – because, I mean, you, you guys would defend your home country the same way I would defend mine. Uh, he, he he immediately put his his career on hold to go defend his country, and that is there is I don't think there's a much higher thing you can ever do. That's just me. I know I've talked to other uh, fighters from the Ukraine, and usually the first words out of their mouth are they are just trying to continue uh, the great things that the Amosovs are doing. Uh, but what a what a crazy story he'd been out for what, a year or so? And uh, a lot of people wanted to know, was he was he still in shape? Could he still do it? You know, Logan Storley is, is no pushover. He's 14-1, and one, and he pretty much put the world on notice that he was one of the best welterweights in the world. And I think if you line these two up to fight, I would watch it any time. This thing goes the distance, because of course it does. Neither one of these guys are going to submit. And neither one of these guys are going to get knocked out. And finally, by decision, your winner, and now the sole welterweight world title holder from the Ukraine, Yaroslav Amosov. Just incredible. Just absolutely incredible. Uh, like I said, the, these are two of the best welterweights in the world. I would put them up there with two of the best fighters in the world right now. And like I said, if you lined them up again, uh, maybe Storley wins. I really, really liked that Amosov was out there. And he, I mean, he just, he always fights for the purpose anyway, but you could tell he was fighting to still represent his country the same way Storley does too. He's from the U.S. He, he, he stands by his country too. That's this was not a country versus country battle. This was two warriors who wanted to see who was the best on this day, and it was Yaroslav Amosov. He controlled slightly more of the of the the action, and um, it would not surprise me if you line these two up either again or somewhere down the road. But. I mean, you're you're not going to get a better main event than than watching that one. Um, I highly enjoyed it. I know a lot of you guys did too. I was chopping it up online with some of you guys and offline as I ran into you. But uh, Amosov, Yaroslav Amosov is your welterweight world champion. Uh, I know they got a big event coming up here soon, but I don't think you get a better main event than that for a while. Also on the main card, you had Pedro Cavallo and Jeremy Kennedy. I did really well on my predictions on the Bellator app. Um, I don't quite, I, I got most, I, I did really well, we'll put it that way. Let's say if there was 10 fights, or I think there was like 12 or 13 fights, I like eight or nine of them, 
I got at least two thirds of of the predictions right, which is crazy. But uh, I said pick Jeremy Kennedy, even though I like Pedro Cavallo. I said pick Jeremy Kennedy because Jeremy's never get their fair due. Just trust me on that. And who ends up winning that one? Jeremy Kennedy by decision. That's exactly what I predicted, by the way. Uh, good for Jeremy Kennedy. Pedro Cavallo. He put up a good fight. He's a really good fighter. But uh, he let Kennedy dictate the fight. And usually if you dictate the fight, you can control it. And when you control it, you usually win. So Kennedy got the big win there. Also, I'll be honest, it wasn't a good day for the Irish fighters and the European fighters. Peter Queeley took on Bryce Logan. This thing goes to a TKO where Bryce Logan gets the knockout over Peter Queeley. Queeley just left himself exposed a little bit there. And, and Bryce Logan knows how to end a fight. Good for Bryce. That was one of the few I missed, honestly. Uh, along with this one. Sinead Cavanaugh versus Janae Harding. I really thought Janae Harding was going to pull this out. Instead, these two went back and forth. It goes to decision. Sinead Cavanaugh gets the decision win. Had everything right but the fighter. Dang. And then uh, the last fight on the main card was Syrian Clark and his undefeated record against Leonardo Sinise. Hope I'm saying your name right, Leonardo. I took Sinise. I really this was a contract weight. I think it's because Clark didn't make weight. I could be wrong. No, it was Sinise who did not make weight. I apologize for that. But uh Syrian Clark ends up with the decision win. Here's the only knock on Syrian is that some people say he just does not. He just does not uh, finish fights, and uh, he's, he needs to start finding ways to, to uh, end fights. I say, Tyrion Clark, keep doing what you're doing. Sure, you can work on ways to end fights, but uh, you keep winning. And uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But uh, great overall event. There was like 11 or 12 other undercard fights. This one happened. It was a 4 p.m. fight on uh, on last Saturday. They were in Dublin. It was just a it was just a, a great overall event. Uh, Bellator 291, uh, just fantastic. 292 is next week, and um, the Mega versus Benson Henderson is the main event. We will talk more about it next week. Uh, Bellator's bringing it this year, guys. I don't know if you guys have realized, but they are absolutely bringing it uh just they're they're having to stay up with the ufc who is bringing it every week and and the pfl their challenger series man is just outstanding uh including last week we had the women's flyweights some really good fights there were some uh, some decent fights, and then there were some really, uh, really good ones. We had uh, Caitlin Neal got the win over Catherine Karajanis. I believe that's how you say her name, Karajins. 
but uh, you know, these two decided to to stand and and uh, and uh, bang for a minute. I mean, for majority of the fight, they they were standing and and really just throwing some bombs at each other. Uh, in the end, your winner is Neil. As I said. We also had, there it is, my screen was not scrolling for a second, got to work on that. There we go, producer Sassy fixes that for me, appreciate it, Sassy. Uh, Shayna Young took on Sandra Lovato. Shay, is it Shayna Young or Shayna Young? Is that the same one from the UFC before? Maybe, maybe not, anyway. Uh, Young ends up with the victory in that one. Also, your other two fights, you had uh, Myra Mazar taking on Desiree Yanez. Yanez with the uh, decisive victory in that one. She she did some she did some really good things. And uh, we'll get to her in a minute. Kind of foreshadowing a little bit. And then in the finale, we had Helen Peralta versus Lisa Malden. We Malden ended up with the win in that one. Then it came down to the vote. After it comes down, you know, you got the three judges. Um, three judges plus the fan vote. That's four total votes. If it's a tie, then Ray Sefo gets to uh, decide. And the finalists tonight were Lisa Malden and Desiree Yanez. I would agree. They they had the better uh, performances. You know, the celebrity panel this week was Paige Van Zant, PVZ. Got uh, Sam, I'm seeing Ghost Darnold, and uh, Megan Anderson. Uh, Megan Anderson cast a vote for Yanez, or the celebrity panel vote for Yanez, and the fan vote was uh, also for Yanez. It was unanimous. She wins the contract. Fantastic. Congratulations to her. The Challenge League, man, I, I, I wish it wasn't all in Orlando. I wish some of them were up here uh, near Atlanta. I would love to uh, go to some of them. And because uh, PFL, like I said, they they throw a a fantastic event. Where I enjoyed my time late last summer, covering uh, three straight weeks of them in Atlanta. And uh, these these events seem fun. They they just seem really really fun. Now, of course, this week will be the men's featherweights will be back up. Here are the fights we're gonna get. We're gonna get. Is it Brian? Brian Zercher? We're going to go with that versus David Evans. We are going to also get Nathan Kelly out of Ireland versus Zachary Hicks out of the good old US of A. 
some picks in my family. There's a chance. Uh, maybe we're related there, David. You got Ago Huskik versus Gabriel Braga. I feel like I've heard of Braga before. And you also get uh, Vikas Singh Ruhil. Is it Ruhil? Versus James Gonzalez. Those should be um, those should be a lot of fun. Do we know who the panel is yet? I know. Looks like Zercher and Evans are going to be the main event. Do we know who the panel? Nope. Don't know the panel yet. I'm sure we do. I just haven't heard about it yet. But uh, that should be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I know you guys can't wait. PFL. Uh, their regular season, by the way, kicks off in 28 days. Kicks off. And that's going to be a lot of fun. But. SPFL. Let's get into some UFC to round out the first half of the show. And let's go back to UFC fight night last weekend. Andre Muniz, Muniz, I'm going with Muniz, versus Brendan Allen. What a main event this was. This thing goes all the way to the almost the end of round number three. Brendan Allen finds that submission. What submission did he use? You guys watch. You guys know what he had, right? He was able to get the rear naked choke, the old RNC. And when he got those hooks in, Muniz didn't have anything else he could do. So, big win for Brendan Allen. I don't think he gets enough just due in the middleweight division. Uh, I think you, you've got to really watch out for him. And not because he, he won the fight and all that kind of stuff. Because I think Andrew Muniz could, could be a factor down the road, too. But uh, Brendan Allen has 21 career wins. He's 21-5-0. I mean, Muniz is 23-5-0 now. But Brendan Allen is putting people on notice lately, and I think he's one you should watch out for, especially if you have a number besides your name in the middleweight division. Also on the main card, Augusto Sakai gets a unanimous decision over Dontel Mays. This wasn't close, guys. I... I I don't know what Mays, what his actual game plan was, but he didn't get it work. He didn't get it work at all. Um, and I'm not sure. I think Mays may have been handed a pink slip after this. If I'm wrong, I apologize, Dontel, but I think there was a couple people that were after after this night, and I think Mays was one of them. But good on Augusto Sakai in the heavyweight division. That is pretty jumbled at the top and is pretty jumbled at the back. So he will move his way from the back of the pack into the middle. And we'll see what he goes from there. Uh, the return of Tatiana Suarez as she gets the submission win over Montana De La Rosa. You know, Tatiana, I knew something was going on that she had missed some time. I couldn't remember if it was an injury or not. I believe she battled cancer in like two years. So uh, the fact that she not only is is, you know, battled cancer for a couple years, but she gets back because she was a heck of a prospect back in the day. She was on her way to the top. Well, she improves to 10 
N O with the guillotine choke. Is it guillotine or guillotine? I'm gonna go guillotine choke over De La Rosa. Uh, about halfway into round number two. My goodness, Tatiana Suarez looked as good over the weekend as she did a couple years ago. Uh, she is going to uh, really put some people in the women's flyweight on notice. Tatiana, just shout out to you for all the things you have dealt with and went through. Shout out to Montana. Montana De La Rosa had a, had a good showing, but uh, it was Tatiana's night. Great to see not only was she on the main card, but uh, big things in store for Tatiana Suarez. Look out for, for whoever's in front of that train. You're going to get hit. Uh, Mike Malott gets a submission win over Johan Laness. It was an arm triangle, thing of beauty. And uh, Trevor Peak gets the KOTKO to improve to 8 0 over Eric Gonzalez. Uh, it was a punch. It wasn't punches, it wasn't a kick, it wasn't a knee, nothing like No, it was a punch. It was bang, lights out. Uh, Trevor Peak, really good lightweight. Uh, Jordan Levitt got a big win over Victor Martinez uh, with those knees. Those knees were devastating. And uh, what's the other? Uh, what? Uh, Nerulo Aliyev over Rafael Alves by majority decision. Great way to kick off the card. Just uh, those fight nights, man. It, uh, a lot of times, even I go into it not knowing a lot about some of these fighters, they end up being super loaded up. Speaking of a super loaded card, how about we talk about this weekend, UFC 285, John Bones Jones. Remember that guy? He's been gone for a little while, but we haven't stopped talking about him. He's that good. And he's a minus 190 favorite, by the way, which is okay. Okay, I think it's a little disrespectful because the guy who ha has been fighting over the last handful of years, Cyril Gaunt, brings his 11-1 heavyweight record. This is for the interim title. It's not the interim. It's for the title. There is no champion right now. Francis Ngannou can say all he wants. Francis, you're not in the company. If you're not in the company, your title is null and void. Don't like it? Take it up with one of these guys. That's how that goes. If you are the employee of the month at the establishment you spend 40 hours a week at, and you leave, whether you leave on your own course or to uh, take another job or you get fired or whatever it is, if you're no longer with that company, you are no longer the employee of the month. That's how that works. But we're going to get John's, John Bones Jones versus Cyril Gaunt. How is this fight going to go? Cyril Gaunt is a technician. He breaks you down uh, by punches in bunches. He breaks you down by uh, keeping his range and methodically taking his shots. He can end fights. He does have the capabilities and the weapons to end fights. John Jones likes to use his range as well, and he's very methodical. I think this is going to be a 3D chess, 3D human chess. Um, do I think it's going to go the distance? Man, part of me wants to say yes, but the bigger part of me says probably not. Could Cyril Gaunt knock out John Jones? Sure. We don't know what John Jones is going to do since he's added all this weight so that he could be a heavyweight. But we also know that he added this weight a couple years ago, and he's been walking around with it and training with it, so he knows how to move. Is the quickness still there? 
We are going to have to see. I'll be honest. I was wanting to pick Cyril Gone this entire time up until about two days ago. I just I feel like I'm going to disrespect whoever I don't pick here, but I am going to take John Jones to reclaim his title as one of the best fighters on the planet. And he's going to do it at heavyweight. And I think the no matter what, the winner of this should get Stipe Miocic. And then we can worry about uh, who number one contenders are and things like that. But I'm going to take John Bones Jones. It's, it's a Tiger Woods situation to me, and I'm sure it is to some of you guys. What he does in a cage, I'm totally on board with. What he does in his personal life that uh, I would argue sometimes is none of our business if it happens in the private sector. Uh, not a fan of. But we're here to talk about the fighting. So I'm going to take John Jones over Cyril Gaon. That's not a bad bet at minus 190. Uh, would it surprise me if Cyril Gaon won? No. Not to be outdone, the co-main event for the women's flyweight title, Valentina Shevchenko, otherwise known as the Bullet, versus Alexa Grasso. Plus 600 for Alexa Grasso, minus 900 for Valentina Shevchenko. Is Shevchenko the better fighter? Yes. Does Grosso possess weapons that could win this fight for her? Yes. It's not as big a long shot as the odds are giving us, in my opinion. At some point, Shevchenko is either going to walk away with the belt or somebody's going to beat her. It could be Alexa Grosso. I do not think it's going to be Alexa Grosso this time. I think Valentina is going to find a way to end this one. Uh, probably in the third round. I don't know if it's going five. I think probably in the third she's going to probably submission. But um, once again, if Grasso won, I would be all for that as well. But I am taking Valentina Shevchenko. And uh, like I said, I don't know that I necessarily put any ducats on this one, but it's going to be a good fight. It's, it's, it, you know, they're making it out to be King Kong versus a peanut, but Lexa Grasso is no peanut. This is King Kong versus uh, Godzilla. This is going to be great. These are two monster women's flyweight contenders, and uh, I'm glad it's for the belt. Uh, match number three on the main card, Jeff Neal at a plus 400 is going to take on Shavkat Rakhmonov. I heard him say his name the other day, and that's why I'm calling it, and why I'm saying it that way. It's Rakhmonov. Shavkat Rakhmonov. He's a minus 550. Once again, I, I, this line is inflated a little bit. Uh, I do think Shavkat Rakhmonov is going to win. Um, Jeff Neal is a really good fighter. I just think Shavkat is, it's, uh, he, he is really in his prime right now. So um, I'm going to take him in the welterweight division there. Uh, Matus Gamrot, it is not Mateus, it's Matus, I think is how you say it, Matus Gamrot, taking on Jalen Turner, uh, minus 220 for Gamrot, Jalen Turner is a plus 180, that is a juicy line for both, 
Um, God, this is really hard because Gamrot is really good. He's really popular. Jalen Turner, really good, really popular. I would like to go with, with Jalen, but I'm going to go with uh, Matush Gamrot. That's the two juicy lines in case you want to pick either one of those. Um, once again, if Jalen Turner were to win, then would not surprise me. Uh, he does have the skills to do so. But I just think Gamrot taking this fight, I think he, he took it on short notice. Which, you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, the short notice fighter uh, joining late, uh, he's at a disadvantage. I would say they're both at a disadvantage. Jalen Turner thought he was fighting somebody else. Now he's fighting him. So, um, I'm going to take Gamrot. And then the last on the main card, we get to see Bo Nickel at a minus 1,600. That's disrespectful. Versus Jamie Pickett at a plus 900. I'm going to say it. Most of the time when you get a lights out amateur wrestler, I mean, we're talking Olympic level, which Bo Nickel is. The only reason Bo Nickel was not our uh, Olympic representative in his in his weight class was because I believe Dave Taylor is in his weight class, and Dave Taylor beat him out in the U.S. Nationals to take the spot. But uh, if you line those up at any given day, there's a chance Dave wins, there's a chance Bo wins. But very rarely does a high-class amateur wrestler ever get the opportunity to do we see them in MMA? You know, normally they go to the pro wrestling ranks. We've seen uh, Kurt Angle, we've seen Chad Gable, we've seen uh, Gable Stevenson. Now we've seen Brock Lesnar. You know, uh, before coming over this way, uh, Bobby Lashley, uh, a bunch of other ones, by the way. But Bo Nickel decided he wanted to be an MMA fighter. He used to be an O. And yes, he's really good. And two of his fights were were on the Contender Series, where he just smoked his opponent in like a combined two minutes. But Jamie Pickett's no slouch. Jamie Pickett has 21 professional fights. And he won 13 of them. I think, you know, are they are they feeding the lamb to slaughter? Possibly. But Jamie also knows if he picks off Bo, or if he gets a chance to at least make a really good showing, then that goes a lot longer way for him. Everybody, or most people are expecting Bo Nickel to just, you know, mow him down, just go right over the top of him. But instead, what if Jamie Pickett wins? Or what if he makes a good showing? I think that helps him. And I think he's going to do that. I don't, you know, he's going to give Bo Nickel everything he can. And I think it's going to be a great fight. I'm still going Bo Nickel. But I think Jamie Pickett is going to make a really good showing. I think he's going to be rewarded with that. Uh, just going to talk. I'm just going to go over the rest of the card because this is loaded. Uh, these are all. These would normally. Uh, the top five are pay per view. The rest of them are ESPN News and ESPN Plus. If you have those capabilities, uh, Cody Garbrandt versus Trevin Jones in the bantamweight division. How's Cody Garbrandt not on the main card? Well, it's because those other five are. And Bo Nichols, he's getting the leadoff spot. Uh, Derek Brunson and Drukas 
Duplessis in the middleweight division. In the women's flyweight, we're going to get Amanda Hibas versus Vivian Arujo. Brazil on Brazil crime there. That's going to be great. In the men's middleweight, we're getting Julian Marquez versus Marc-Andre Barut. In the welterweight division, Ian Machado Gary against Song Kenan. These are all household names. These are all names we discuss all the time on this. Uh, in the bantamweight, you're going to get Mana Martinez versus Cameron Saman. Jessica Penne versus Tabitha Rishi. In the women's strawweight, Simon Blackshear versus Farid uh, Basharat. In bantamweight, I know I sound really smart for saying these. I hope I'm saying these correctly. And then uh, here's the kickoff in the whole thing. Uh, I'm not sure if this will be on ESPN Plus or not. I hope it is. But in the lightweight division, Esteban Ribovix. Uh, I'm going to go with that. And uh, Loic Radzibov. Esteban is 11-0, uh, by the way. That is a tremendous card. If you even if you don't get the pay per view, which I encourage you to do, but I understand it's like 75, 80 bucks. I understand if you don't have friends to split it with, or if you may not be home when it happens, like me, maybe at that rugby game I talked about. Um, still see replay, but uh, ESPN News and ESPN Plus, uh, at least get ESPN Plus or, or ESPN News if you, if you have that on your cable system or satellite and watch the other. Uh, big matchups because that is just an incredibly loaded card. I mean, just, just insane. Absolutely insane. But that's going to wrap up our MMA for this week. We're going to take a short break. And uh, short break so we can talk about our friends at BetOnline.net. And when we get back, we'll be into the world of professional wrestling. There's a lot of fun stuff going on there. But we'll be right back after this. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact Dork from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on Strong Style. Make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net. They have the betting and wagering lines and options for you to do so. They have the articles and they have the podcast. They have so much information to make you a uh, better, more educated fan. Uh, just incredible website. Make sure to go see them. Tell them Impact Media sent you, and uh, they appreciate you saying that, and we love hearing from them that you told them that. First part of the show, we talked MMA. We talked about the PFL Challenger Series. Uh, the women really, really tore it up last week. I, I think the featherweights this week. Did I get that? Maybe. Um, talked about Bellator 291. 
they got an event coming up next weekend we will talk about, but uh, Amosov and Storley just put on a show. UFC, John Jones, Cyril gone this weekend, had a great main event last weekend. So now, let's jump into the world of professional wrestling. I want to start with AEW. AEW has Revolution coming up this weekend. And I want to start there. You know, a lot of times we start WWE. I want to start AEW. So, AEW Revolution takes place, I believe, this Saturday. They're finally getting smart and putting these on Saturdays. A lot bigger chance of people watching them. Once again, I will not be... Uh, available to do so, but hopefully I will get home in time to catch the replay. I look forward to this because the main event is is a must-see. Not because it's the main event. If this was the opening, if this was uh, a dark match, I would tell you to go to the arena and watch it. Um, it is an Iron Man match, 60 minutes, between MJF, Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, the world champ, and Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. There's a lot of baggage in this match. This is not just who gets the most pinfalls in 60 minutes. I think there is some real baggage. MJF has said some pretty uh, over-the-line things. Things that I know Daniel does not appreciate. He Danielson does not appreciate. He says, leave my family. You can say anything you want. Say how terrible I am. I, I eat, you know, tree-hugging hippie. I eat seeds. Whatever you want to say. I, I suck. I'm not as good. Whatever. Leave my family out of it. Well... MJF has made quite a few comments in his direction about his family. And uh, there have been times when, you know, uh, they, they look like they're getting into it and then like they're really fighting and then security comes down. They jump past security and they jump on each other a few more times. Well, there were some really, really stiff shots, it looked like, that were thrown. MJF did uh, look like he might have got a lip busted. Looked like uh, Danielson had thrown some really good shots, and uh, like MJF had gotten a few in as well. So, this match is going to be 60 minutes. Now, they, they can't go all out to start with because they won't. Danielson could probably last 60 minutes. This is to show that MJF can really make it. If he's going to be world champ for a while, or if this is uh, if he's, he's going to lose the belt to somebody. It wouldn't even surprise me if he lost it to Daniel, honestly. Danielson. Um, I think Daniels should be a great champ, but you got to build MJF up. I think MJF is going to win this. I like MJF. MJF, I'm a big Danielson fan. Uh, I, I really wish he would win, but I feel like MJF is going to win. I want to say three to two is the score, but I think it's going to be two to one. If they do one to nothing, then they would have they have wasted an hour of our time. Because Danielson needs at least a fall in there. That's why I say three to two is probably more likely. Two to one is probably what actually happens. Uh, I go MJF. Jamie Hayter is going to defend her women's world title against Soraya and Ruby Soho. Uh, Soraya is a good talent. Uh, I'm a uh, a good fan of Ruby Soho. I am a gigantic fan of Jamie Hayter. Uh, 
so naturally I would like Hater to retain. But if she's not going to retain, I am also in the camp of Ruby getting a chance as world champion. She should have been champion in WWE. She was not given a fair shake. She was uh, unceremoniously let go, and it probably should have been a couple others. So I'm going to actually, as much as I want Hater to retain, I'm going to actually say Ruby Soho being your new women's world champion would be fantastic. And then Hater and Soraya could get into it, and then that way Storm could get involved, and Dr. Britt Baker get involved, and they got kind of a tag thing going, and Ruby Soho can defend her belt and do some other things. Uh, I absolutely adore the Hater reign up to this point, but give me Ruby Soho. It makes a lot of sense, and good friend of my, or great friend of mine and good friend of the show, James out in California, I know he agrees too. We are, uh, we're Team Ruby for this one, and uh, lack of a better way to say it, Jamie, don't hate me for that. Still would love to have you on the show. Still a giant fan of yours. You just know how the wrestling world works. Um, we have a Texas death match because, you know, the two of these these two guys have not injured each other enough, so let's just legitimately see if they can put each other out, right? But it's just kind of where they've escalated to. John Moxley is taking on Hangman Adam Page. Moxley is more than likely going to win, but if Adam Page won, it would be a, that is a notch in the belt that he, he could really use to skyrocket back to potential, you know, maybe he's the next contender. The winner of this is probably the next contender for the MJF belt. Let's just be honest. And I think it should be Hangman Adam Page. Uh, Moxley could do some other stuff. I know he's got some other commitments to New Japan and some other things, so this would free him up to do some of those. So uh, I think he should go do this. Um, but I will say if Adam Page can raise his game and get as down and dirty as Moxley, then this match is going to probably steal the show. Uh, it's not. They're going to probably go for 20 minutes or so. They're not going to need to go for an hour uh, give me Adam Page. The Elite are going to defend the trio's titles against the House of Black. This could steal the show, too. These are six talents that are off the charts. Off the charts. And I am a big fan of all six involved. I do think it's time to move the belts off to somebody. That way, uh, Omega could get back into a title picture, and the Young Bucks could go back into the tag. Uh, division, which I think would be great. I think they did a, they've gotten a good run out of getting the trios belts back, and uh, they have established that they are legitimate belts to go for. But the House of Black as the champs would be spectacular. I think the crowd would pop. I think it would be off the charts, amazing. I think you give it to Malachi Brody and uh, and, and uh, Buddy Matthews. So give me. A lot of people think the elite are going to retain. If they retain, what other trio is going to come after them? You're going to have to start putting trios together. Unless it's the Blackpool Combat Club. Because that's the only one that makes sense. And they all have separate belts and things they do. So, um, give me the House of Black to be your new trios champs. Samoa Joe is going to take on Wardlow for the TNT Championship. I very much think Wardlow is going to win this back. 
and he is going to stay with AEW, and I think Samoa Joe is going to take his Ring of Honor television title to Ring of Honor and uh, be a Ring of Honor talent, which starting very soon, I think maybe even this week, you can go to the Honor Club. Look up Honor Club online. I forgot the actual. It's like rohhonorclub.com or something. Join the Honor Club. You can start watching their weekly shows um, wherever you stream your shows, whatever device. But uh, it's good to have Ring of Honor back on television. And they have an event coming up in a couple weeks. Or maybe it's maybe it's next week. We'll, we'll get into that. But uh, I think Wardlow is going to win, take his TNT championship back. Samoa Joe is going to make him like a million bucks. And like I said, Joe will go back to uh, go over to Ring of Honor and do a great job there. The Guns are going to defend the AEW Tag Titles versus The Acclaimed. And Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett and Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. Um, I would normally say it would be great for The Acclaimed to win the belts. But I think it would be it would look better if the guns found a way to retain, or if Lethal and Jeff Jarrett were to win the belts for some reason. Just the the Cassie Danhausen is is a novelty thing, and I I, I like them. They're not the world's best team, but uh, given that you have three credited teams here and two random guys, I think I'm just gonna say the guns should retain. I think it would help them if they just up and, you know, they win them under weird circumstances. And then if they just up and lose them in a multi-team match the next time around, it just looks really dumb. And it shows that they have no faith in them. And uh, that the only reason they're around is because of their dad. And I don't think that's the case. I think the guns can legitimately wrestle. I think they are really good talents. I think they deserve their just due. So I'm going to say the guns retain. Uh, Chris Jericho is going to take on Ricky Starks. Five years ago, this would have been a main event. Um, Jericho is definitely, I'm not going to say on the decline, because he can still go, but he is not Y2J. He is a definitely seasoned veteran. Still one of the best in the world at what he does. But Ricky Starks is clearly going to win this. He is, he is one of those guys with a boost to the top. I still say he could be a Cody Rhodes-like talent, a real top-tier guy. He can talk. He sometimes talks in riddles, which is just maybe tone that down a little bit. But uh, he can perform. He can uh, he can really do it out there. So, especially with the JAS band, it, Ricky Starks is going to easily win this match. Got a no holds barred match. Okay, no DQ, whatever you want to call it. Christian Cage and Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Uh, now that Christian's not hurt anymore. And they can finally get this out of the way and get this. This is like a two-year feud. It should have been a three-month feud, but people kept getting dinged up and injured. And then this happened, and that happened. And, you know, I don't even know if Luchasaurus is still around. But uh, give me Jack Perry. It, this is another boost to the top. Jack Perry is somebody moving forward they can really bank on. I think he should eventually drop the Jungle Boy stuff. He can just be Jack Perry, or he can be... Super cool Jack Perry, whatever he wants to be. Uh, it just makes no sense for Christian to win this at all. And that is their entire card. That is a loaded, loaded card. And I look forward to watching that and seeing what all transpires. Should be fantastic. Um, so let's jump into... 
some WWE. We'll go with Monday Night Raw. Uh, Sami Zayn called out Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens said, "I didn't come out. I didn't come out to save you. Uh, I came out to uh, take out Roman Reigns and just collateral that you're there." Uh, then. Baron Corbin comes down and, and attacks Sami Zayn. And actually, Zayn versus Corbin was a really good match, especially to open Raw. Usually, the opener is kind of hit or miss. This was bullseye. But Corbin's a really good performer, and Zayn is at the top of the wrestling world right now, which is amazing because he doesn't have the belt. But uh, Zayn does get the win, of course. Uh, Baron Corbin, though. JBL helped him a little and kind of kept him going. I want Baron Corbin to really evolve, and I think he could be a primetime player uh, in the not-so-distant future. Mm. The Dolph-Ali match was, was good for a while, and then when you realized Ali was going to win, it just went south. And Dolph tried to save it, and as good as Dolph is, he didn't save it. Cody and Paul Heyman got into it. They they got some really good rapport. They've known each other probably Cody's whole life, I would imagine. Really good rapport. Um, the, uh, the the WrestleMania commercials they were bringing back, when you had Seth Rollins doing his Joker dance and uh, Becky Lynch being, uh, instead of Batman, she is the man. And, uh, you know, I'm Batman. Talking with this kind of voice. That was really cool. Uh, I really like that commercial, and uh, especially when she says, instead of the Bat Cave, she says the Man Cave. I just thought that was, it, it's it's really good between those two. But um, Rollins then beat The Miz, as he should. Uh, the Miz is in that, that boat, or, I mean, Rollins same way. The wins or losses don't mean much, but they're trying to build Rollins up. At some point, Rollins and Cody will probably be once Cody wins the belt, which is just my prediction there as well. Um, Seth Rollins, man, he, him and Roman Reigns have just become these top level stars that it's what they would be hoped for, but I think it's even more than they, they thought they would be. And they can sometimes carry entire shows by themselves, even though they don't need to. Um, we got to see that Dakota Kai and EO Sky got challenged on Ding Dong Hello, Bailey's show. By Becky Lynch and Lita. And uh, I could give you a spoiler alert. I do know what happened this Monday. But we will talk about that next week. Bronson Reed completely dismantled Chad Gable. Although Gable had some good shots. It was uh, pretty fun. The uh, the model agency people keep trying to recruit Otis. Probably means that Chad Gable and Otis are going to split soon. Otis will probably be gone from the company by the end of the year. Which sucks he's a good talent, but uh, if he starts doing dressed up Otis stuff, it's it's not gonna go great. And Chad Gable, uh, he's you know, Gable Stevenson is, is gonna be on the roster sooner rather than later, and I don't think they've given him a uh, a new name, even though they gave his older older brother, I think older brother, a new name in Damon Kemp. Uh but if they use the name Gable, then Chad Gable can't keep going by Gable, can't have Gable Gable. We'll have to see what happens. Um, Theory took on Edge in the main event. It was a really good match. 
it just kind of had some moments, some iffy moments here. I mean, he's not the edge of old, but he's still pretty good. He's old edge, I guess, but he's still really good. Uh, Theory is is another guy who is just on the cusp of really moving into that top level, and he's doing a great job of the U.S. title. He retains there. Uh, Finn Balor come down and attack Edge. Apparently, they're not done either. But uh, it was really, really good. Let's go SmackDown. Uh, Imperium get a big win over Braun Strowman, Madcap Moss, and Ricochet. As they should have. Imperium needs to stand strong. Uh, Drew McIntyre seemed to come out, and before he was attacked by the Viking Raiders, he seemed to kind of be eyeing. He was eyeing. Um, if you want to call him Walter, Gunther. So Gunther, Drew McIntyre. A lot of people are starting to say too that Gunther is putting on such a show in the last couple months that uh, if he's in the world title picture soon, it should not surprise you. He, that, that guy's going to be a big star. He just, I mean, it's kind of like Sheamus. That Sheamus just come out of nowhere years ago and beat John Cena out of nowhere, and people were up in arms, and then you realize Sheamus is really, really good. Well, Gunther, we already know he's really good. So he finds a way into a SummerSlam or a Survivor Series main event for the title. Wouldn't surprise me, and I would look for them to split the titles back up very soon. There will be a SmackDown and a Raw title, as there should be. And if he's SmackDown champ by the end of the year, would not surprise me. In fact, if DraftKings or something like that is offering odds on it, you should take them. Uh, Viking Raiders come down, though. Sheamus come down. They just kept fighting. It just it, it made no sense, because why would Drew come out to kind of half-challenge if he's going to get attacked by somebody else? But uh, Kofi and LA Knight had a really good match, because they are two great veterans. Kofi got the win in that one. Um, not a lot of other good stuff. They're the Fire 5 Fun House was back, and they did some fun little things here and there. And it's fun to see that part of it, but I really want to see more of Bray Wyatt wrestling. Man, I do some of these little shenanigans and backstage stuff because he's a really, really good talent. So... You know, him and L.A. Knight had a great program. It's time for him to do something else, to get uh, something into it. If you want to have Howdy with him or recruit Alexa Bliss back or wh whatever. Uh, she's taking time away, by the way. So she'll be out for a little while, uh, just taking a break to kind of recharge. But uh, I want to see Bray Wyatt in the ring wrestling matches. Karrion uh, Cross gets a win over Rey Mysterio. Dominic played a part in the end. At some point, it's going to be Ray versus Dominic, probably at WrestleMania. My guess is Dominic goes over, and Ray, uh, I don't know if he'll ride into the sunset then or what, but uh, it'll it'll be it'll be okay. I, I just, I'm just not a big Dom fan. I just I don't like the the jail angles they're doing. It just uh, it's just not making sense. That if not if Rhea Ripley wasn't attached to Dom. On screen, uh, he'd be unwatchable to me. And uh, then we got to see kind of a, a Jimmy versus Jay Uso standoff and Sammy in the middle. Kind of uh, what's going, you know, what's going to happen with that? It's the bloodline's about to implode. We all know that. But which direction are they going to split the Usos in the process? Maybe, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Who knows? We really don't know. I hope they don't. I hope they don't split the Usos yet, but could happen. Let's go to NXT. 
We open up with the return of Ilya Drogonov as he took on Trick Williams. Uh, Ilya gets a, a really good win. Trick Williams, man, he is quite the hand, quite the mechanic in the ring. He actually had a uh, really good showing. Because Ilya Dragunov can be a little erratic at times, and he Trick kind of kept everything in front of him, kept it on the rails. He did a good job. J.D. McDonough come out, of course, and it looks like Ilya and McDonough are going to continue their feud. Uh, they've both injured each other before, so I look for that to be, we're not going to get a Texas death match. We're going to get something. Um, that's, that match is not really that important. J.C. Jane did get a DQ win over Indy Hartwell, and it was because G.D. Dolan come out and smashed her. Just smashed her. Uh, G.G. versus J.C. is going to be a fun program. I hope it goes more than one blow-off match. Uh, these are two really good talents. They are high on both of them. I want them to both do really good things. I wish they were still a team, but that, I'll be honest, the NXT Tag Division... Uh, the women's division just kind of falling apart. They either need to establish some more teams or just get rid of those belts because it's it's almost just a waste of time. The one established team you got, you took the belts off of. So, uh, Gallus took on Malik and Anolfe. Uh Gallus ended up with the win in that one. Pretty deadly come out and attacked Gallus or, uh, after the match, but uh, Gallus is the champs. That could be something really good. I see them holding on to the belts until they're ready to move them to the main roster, and when they move them to the rain, main roster, look out. I'll, I always say that I don't think the Usos would split or lose their tag belts until there is a team worthy of so. Gallus could be that team. It's not pretty deadly. Gallus could be the team that uh, comes out and uh, smokes the, the Usos. Um, let's see. Tony D'Angelo with Stax took on Von Wagner with uh, Robert Stone, who, by the way, is an underrated manager. Uh, he used to be a great wrestling talent. By the way, look him up. He was uh, Robbie E, I believe, was what he went by for a while. He was really good. But uh, Tony D'Angelo gets to win, as he should. Von Wagner, I just don't get it. I, like, he, he physically is, is really good, and then he opens his mouth and just, either somebody's going to help him with his promos or just let him stop talking. He just, he, his delivery is not good. Um, that match didn't mean much. Braun Breaker did defend his world title against Jinder Mahal. It was a really good match. I give Braun credit there. I, I give him a lot of credit. Um, Jinder's a really, really good wrestler, former world champ anyway. He had Indusher out there. Uh, the Creed Bros come out and took out Indusher, which helped. But um, at some point, somebody's got to beat Braun. It's uh, just, I mean, he's ran through like the entire roster now. I thought, I think Grayson Waller is still the guy to take it off of him. But we'll we'll see what they do because right now it's going to be him versus Sean. So we're kind of getting a uh, boss versus employee thing going, and I think that's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, good for Braun. Still, a, still a fan of Braun. It's just, it's just, we need to change it up. 
Let's move to Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling. Had a fun opening match as Speedball Mike Bailey and Jonathan Gresham teamed up to take on the Motor City Machine Guns, who of course win the match. But a lot of talent in that match and a lot of different styles. So uh, it was actually a lot of fun to watch. Um, Allison K took on Taya. Oh, she's, she's still Taya Valkyrie. Taya. Uh, Allison K ends up a little bit of underhandedness, but she ends up with the win over Taya, which I thought was pretty interesting. Thought if uh, I, I'm pretty sure she was going to win, but to, to win over Taya, I feel like she's a stronger member of that group. Um, that means they're just going to continue their feud as what the Hex and. Uh, the Death Dolls, I think. But once again, th there's a, a women's tag division that is just, you're running out of teams. You had to bring one in because you just had one team mow through everybody. Yuya Yamura and Kaz took on Diener and Callahan. Kaz ends up with the, or Kaz and, and Yuya end up with the win in that one. We got to see Bully Ray versus Bupinder Gujar. Gujar is a really good talent. Um, Definitely a good mid-card talent. He has potential to build up, but, uh, you know, the crowd likes him. He's, he looks like a fun, kind of exciting wrestler, and uh, he was he was great cannon fodder for Bully. Then we got to see a Monsters Ball match that was every bit of the word crazy, and it even included somebody named Crazy as Crazy Steve challenged Trey Miguel for the X Division title. They did some crazy spots that uh, included barbed wire and some other stuff, and that's why I'm so glad that I just talk about wrestling and I don't have to do it anymore because I would never do those kinds of matches. Uh, just not my thing, but this one was well done. And shout out to Trey Miguel for taking on a match like that because it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, what are we missing? New Japan. Let's talk about New Japan as Okada defended his world title against uh, Takaji, Shingo Takaji, who is very, very good. Uh, this is a really good match, and, and this is how New Japan does things that the other ones can't quite pull off. Okada, by far, top three level in their in their company. It's, it's you know, it's him, it's, it's Tanahashi, and it's like Jay White. Uh, if those... Either of those three are in a match. It is a top-level match. Now, there's a lot of other really, really good ones, but if they are, then you know these are the absolute top three. Shingo Takaji not only went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Okada, but was besting him in a couple different moments. A uh, really, really good match. Of course, Okada retains. And uh, a lot of times, after their main events, some whoever the next contender is will show themselves and, and come down to the ring and say, uh, you know, hey, I'm next up. This time, Okada beat him to the punch. Okada realized that somebody was sitting at ringside, which he knew. He knew who it was. He knew who was down there. And he said, hey, Tanahashi, I see you down there. How about me and you in a couple weeks? Tanahashi says, you know, let's do it. He gave him the nod, and Okada versus Tanahashi for the heavyweight title. Coming up very, very soon, 
going to be spectacular. New Japan, man. If you're not watching New Japan, if you like the new AEW style, and WWE's starting to do it a little bit, but the AEW style of the way they do matches, the strong style, so to say, that this show is named for, New Japan is the one who put it on the map. And definitely watch what those guys are doing if you get the chance. Uh, just some incredible, incredible uh, things. But... I'm out of action to talk about. It took us a little over an hour, but we got through all of that. It was just absolutely loaded. Don't forget, PFL Challenger Series probably going on right now as we are posting this. Uh, UFC tomorrow. Follow along at the Impact 99. I will be doing stuff out at the Rugby ATL game as they welcome in. Who do they welcome in? I should know this. They welcome. Oh, Nola Gold. Let's put it this way. The Saints and Falcons are not a rivalry because the Saints win all the time. And it's not, you know, it's not even that chippy. It's it's more about the fans who like to yell at each other. Uh, well, Nola Gold and, it, and Rugby ATL, they are rivals. And uh, it's not going to get chippy, but it is very much, it is very much Goliath versus Goliath. And uh, come on down to Silverback Park and say hello. But other than that, that will do it for all the amazing action this week. Also remember AEW Revolution, uh, I believe, tomorrow night. But until then, I am Jeremy the Impact York. This has been another great edition of Strong Style. We'll see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting.